This is She Beats It, your weekly reminder that no challenge is greater than God. We share stories of real Christian women beating the odds in life and business. This is the place where women overcome. This is where she beats it, whatever it is. Welcome to the She Beats It podcast. I'm your host, Brittany King, self-proclaimed hope dealer and God-centered girl. In this episode, I'm excited to welcome a phenomenal woman into the She Beats It squad. My guest today is 18 months old. You heard that right. Felicia Peters is a two-time cancer survivor. Her most recent battle was with acute myeloid leukemia, which required her to have a bone marrow transplant. Individuals who undergo this procedure are said to have a birthday from the time they have the transplant. Thus, the rationale behind her being, quote, 18 months old. Felicia is a member of the leadership team at the Community Bible Study Organization, a worldwide ministry that makes disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ through in-depth Bible study. In addition, she serves on the board of the Edison Art Foundation, a foundation that infuses the arts into the community. Miss Felicia, I am honored to be talking with you today. I grew up in the same church that you were a member of for quite some time. Yes. And the similarities in our recent struggles have allowed our paths to cross again. Yes. Thank you for being in the guest chair today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I am blessed to be here. It's an honor as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm super excited. I know this is going to be amazing. Ladies, you are in for a treat. So, Miss Felicia, I want to start by you giving us a little bit of background on your journey. I know you were diagnosed with both breast cancer and acute myeloid leukemia. Yes. And I'd like to start by hearing your story about your battle with cancer the first time. Okay. Tell me about the day you were diagnosed with cancer. What was that like? Well, I went in for my routine mammogram being, you know, precautious and, and doing what I was supposed to do. And so something was found. And I received a phone call basically from my doctor and I was home by myself when I got the, uh, the news and it was heartbreaking as well as shocking. And at that time of my life, I was a believer. And so I knew that, okay, I need to take this to the Lord first. And so I just began to pray away my sadness at that moment so that I could actually, you know, call my husband and call other loved ones and let them know what I had just, the information I just received. So that pretty much was how it all started. Okay. And tell me what you were, and I know you touched on this a little bit, and, you know, we are both going to be breast cancer survivors. I will soon be a breast cancer survivor with you. And so Amen. I'm interested to hear your perspective on what that moment was like for you when you got those words, when you received that call, what were you feeling in that moment? Like I, you know, sort of mentioned, I remember being heartbroken and very sad at the very moment of that news because I just didn't assume that that's the information, you know, that that's what I would hear from the doctor, but I did. And so I just remembered that at that, you know, moment, really, you know, I needed to be comforted by the Lord and I needed to call the ones who loved me to let them know I'm hurting now. I'm sad. This is what's happening right now. I really don't understand the full spectrum of it all. I can't even wrap my thoughts around it right now. I just know 
oh my gosh, this is what the doctor said, you know? So that's, you know, that's pretty much how I felt during that time and what was going on in my, my head. I totally understand that feeling and it resonates so much with me. And I think it will resonate with a lot of women who are listening to this podcast, who have gone through the cancer journey. I think in that initial moment, that is exactly what it feels like. I'd like to get, you know, your insight on what the journey was like for you as you went throughout your treatment process. What were some of the things that you learned along the way? Because with cancer, you don't know what to expect. You don't know right. what to what you're going to face. Treatment does some crazy things yeah. to you and your body. <laughs> and so what was what was the journey like for you? It was ups and downs, to be honest with you. Initially, when you're going through all the testing and you're talking to all the doctors about all of the different things that need to happen and you're curious and you want to know, you know, actually you don't really know what questions to ask, what, you know, you just don't know a -hmm. lot of things. So it's like, you're just walking into this dark room really. And you don't know what's in front of you as far as the treatments and, and what's going on. So the journey for me at first was, I just remember feeling like just feeling very vulnerable because I didn't know anything. You know, you hear a lot about breast cancer now because, you know, of so many different organizations that are helping women. And it's so prominent. I think one out of every three women are diagnosed with breast cancer. I may not have my statistics exactly right, but whatever it is, it's too too many. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's known. And then I, I would come across women who had survived breast cancer, Lots of times when I told them about, you know, what I was going through and so forth. So that helped seeing other women that had already gone through breast cancer. Of course, there are so many different types of breast cancer, different stages, different diagnosis, different treatments. And so everybody's journey is not the same. But just to sort of hear what their journey was in regards to breast cancer did help me see that someone else has gone through this and someone else is okay. (laughs) I'm not the only one here with breast Mm -hmm. cancer, basically. Mm -hmm. So I remember that, that being something that was very good for me to see and to know. But, you know, more than anything, I can't stress enough that when you receive this type of information, really any devastating devastating type of news. I don't know how people do it without the Lord, honestly. And so that is my first place to go is for, you know, some type of understanding, some type of strength in order to walk the journey and to comprehend all that's happening to me, you know, and, you know, during this season. So that was in 2013. So Sometimes, you know, when a lot of stuff happens in between there, it's, it's kind of hard to to go back and, and remember all all of what, you know, you were feeling. Right. But I do remember right. being overwhelmed and, and shocked and just calling out on the Lord and um, others. Yeah. Yes. And he is faithful. Amen. He is, he is so faithful. And I think that it's so important what you were saying, that if you are not anchored in the hope of Christ. Yes. There really is nothing else. And I kind of want to segue that into the next question I want to ask you, because I know a lot of women who have faced insurmountable trials, 
it's been trial after trial, struggle after struggle. And at some point you just become exhausted. Mm-hmm. And with you being diagnosed with cancer again, mm-hmm. after that, you know, I can imagine, I honestly, I can't fathom how that would feel, but I know that when you are anchored and rooted in God, that you, your perspective on things changes. So I would like to hear how, when you were diagnosed a second time, what was different about that journey than the first time? Okay. I'll just have to be honest. The breast cancer was a piece of cake compared to the second diagnosis of leukemia. First mm-hmm. of all, I had no idea what, you know, the seriousness of it, because I remember asking the doctor on the phone when I got diagnosed, is that serious? And she said, yes. And so right after that, she told me I needed to pack my bags and I needed to go straight to the oncologist's office. And then I would be admitted into the hospital. And then I would be in the hospital for a little over a month. So five straight weeks, I did not step out of the hospital. So the journey was very hard and um, tough during that time. And I just remember there were times when I felt like giving up. And there's a whole nother aspect of this because with my relationship, we have a relationship with the Lord as believers. So that means you talk to him and then you listen. (laughs) So I was listening. Uh, I had a lot of time to listen to him for five weeks, tell me a lot about this journey. And, you know, of course we don't escape suffering this side of heaven. We don't, Mm -hmm. it says, don't be surprised. And, and, you know, in this life you will have trials and tribulations. So I just remember it being very hard in me wanting to give up during the the second battle because I was just stretched emotionally and physically. But even in that, as we, he drew me closer to him, he gave me the strength to, to not give up, whether it was through his word, which it was in prayer. Uh, other saints and believers come alongside me to comfort and to provide encouragement and support just in many ways, but mostly his still voice just telling me it's not time. It's not time. So that's, Mm. you just keep persevering, you know, keep persevering. I love that. I love that. And I really think, you know, when you mentioned the people who stood behind you, who rallied behind you, I always tell people I have this army. I feel like I'm so blessed yes, to have this army <laughs> coming alongside me during this journey. Yeah. And so I think that that is just, you know, a real representation of people being the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. And showing you his love lived out. And it's just a, an amazing experience. And so my next question for you is, and I know this, the answer to this partially will be that it was a bunch of different people, mm-hmm. but I think it's important that we touch on this because I think that women need to know that when you are going through something, and I say going through intentionally, that there are people who will stand beside you. So who was it during your journey that gave you a taste of God's love or a glimpse of his love? Can you tell me about one specific person or an instance where you saw God's love manifested through someone else? Yeah. Well, it's hard to say one person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to give you two. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's actually, it's actually way more than two, of course. Of course. But my husband, you know, for one, stood with me, beside me, behind me, in front of me, you know, praying, of course, without ceasing. 
and just was always extremely encouraging. No matter how sick I was, no matter when I got in moments of being extremely discouraged and emotionally drained, he was the one that God allowed to help me through some of those really, really tough moments. And they would come and go, of course. And then my sister was actually my bone marrow donor. Mm. Uh, She was a perfect match for me, which is miraculous to say the least, because I don't know if anyone knows that it in the African-American community, we don't really know much about being donors, bone marrow donors. And that is something that's needed because only 4%, I believe, out of the whole register of donors are African-Americans. And for some diseases and some health concerns, you have to be within the same ethnic race uh, as far as being able to be a match. And usually they start with your sibling because you have the same parents. And so there's only a 25% chance, I believe, that even your sibling is a perfect match for you when you need a bone marrow transplant to live because, you know, cancer, leukemia is a blood cancer. So I was not doing well at all. And so, you know, when they tested my sister, which happened to be my only sibling, it's only her and I, the Mm. Lord allowed her to be my perfect match. Mm. And so I, you know, I just, I remember the day I found that out and just her willingness to, to do this, which, you know, for donors, it's an outpatient procedure, just a little soreness for a couple of few days, and then you're fine, you know. And so that day just was really God's love, you know, really manifesting in a beautiful, wonderful way when he allowed her to be my perfect match, because I knew that it would be, you know, a hard battle uphill to find a donor for my situation. There are people waiting and waiting for, mm. for to have a match. And not only just a match, because there are different degrees of a match, but she was a perfect match for me. So wow. God's grace and mercy was abounding in really just a beautiful, you know, just beautiful. I remember that day I fell to my knees. <laughs> All I could do was just thank you over and over and over again. Um, And, you know, of course, when you get something like that, it's like, oh, no, you can't give up now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's going to get hard, but you'll be okay. (laughs) Got to keep going. Got to keep going. And I love that about God that when he says, I knew you. Yeah. Like he genuinely knew every battle that we would face. Yeah. And he had ordained things to help us to go through. And that is an amazing testament to to his love and his grace towards us. That is is just so profound to me. Amen. Amen. Yes, he does. He knows all things and he is sovereign. And then there is nothing too hard for him. And that's what helps you as well. When you're going through suffering or any of these, you know, trials and tribulations that are so hard this side of heaven, when you remind yourself of who God is, um, then all of those things seem so small compared to who he is, because he is our creator. And there is absolutely nothing that he can't do. He can. Mm -hmm. So. Yes, that is so very true. And I I think about, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? I was texting you (laughs) and you were encouraging me, you know, I'm right smack dab in the middle of this battle. And I was just feeling like I was on the verge of a breakdown. And I'm like, okay, 
Yeah. And it's, it's touches on what you said at the beginning of the podcast about seeing women who have made it through. And that is what the point of this podcast is to see people, women who've made it through by God's grace. And so you were encouraging me on how to persevere, how to, you know, go through this journey with grace. And so I just want to know what words would you share with another woman who is facing cancer or for any difficult or seemingly insurmountable obstacle? Like what would your words be to her at this time? Well, initially, I think it it would be based on that particular woman and what she actually needed. I know when you and I were sharing, you are such a phenomenal woman yourself and so busy. I think when you are faced with such a serious health issue that needs attention, you have to eliminate unnecessary maybe or taper down on anything that may be stressful in your life or pulling you too much to where it it is not allowing you to to take really really good care of yourself resting when you need to because of course when you're battling cancer you need more rest mm-hmm. so taking time to rest also you know staying in the in God's word reading and praying and listening to him tell you how to walk through this i mean he's our father so much so that, you know, we can call out, we can say Abba Father. So he he loves us. So why wouldn't we go to him first and all the time throughout, you know, our life period first to seek his wisdom and his discernment and to bask in his love and, and all of that. So just drawing near to the Lord. So I would say do that. And then third, I would say, enjoy life. You know, your family, those people that are rallying around you to encourage you and support you. You know, I I saw where you spent time with a friend uh, having dinner. And so (laughs) you do things, you know, like that to, to help your emotions be lifted. You know, usually when we're sharing love and getting love, that's when we feel the best, right? That's why that's the greatest commandment, you know, for us to love one another and love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, and soul. So love is important. And so sharing love with your loved ones and your friends and even, you know, just anybody, just loving, (laughs) period. Mm -hmm. Infusing that in your your day-to-day Life, And that means maybe taking some thoughts captive that may, you know, stress you out or cause you to go into a different emotion or a different way of thinking. Maybe, you know, just put that to the side and focus on, you know, what is good, what is pure, what is righteous, what is kind, you know, what is gentle, what, you know, what the word says. And so you just have to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I would I would say those three things. Okay. That's so amazing. And I think that's so important for our listeners to hear. I love that you touched on the importance of spending time in the word and prayer, because for me, those have been my lifelines. Like, And for so many women that I've encountered, you know, that's just been so imperative to them being successful as they go through the journey. And I say successful, I use that term loosely because, you know, I just use it loosely. But I want to know, as you study God's word, I want to know what your approach is to really diving in deeper to the word of God. I always I always say, I've always heard people say you have to be intentional about spending time in the word. Mm-hmm. And when you're facing, you know, this crazy obstacle, 
you're just trying to make it through moment by moment. And so there are a lot of times where you may feel like you may send up a prayer, you know, just as you think about it, but being intentional about carving out time, share with me your strategies for that and how you approach that. Yes. Well, ideally you, you know, for us as believers, I mentioned it's a relationship. You would have already been, you know, diving in the word already. You you would already have some word hidden in your heart so that when these trials and tribulations do come, you know, you already have something there hidden in your heart to help you through the journey. You know, the Lord, and of course we all have his Holy Spirit, you know, and dwell within us that helps us as well. So ideally you want to start before the, the, the struggle comes, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about Jesus when when he was tempted, what did he use? to fight back. He used the word of God. And so I think, you know, when you are faced with temptation or faced with being attacked or any of those things, if you don't have God's word, it's a little hard to win. (laughs) Or more than a little. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard Uh because if you know what to do, that's a start. You know, and knowing what to do is knowing what God says to do. So you start there. And of course, for the strength and all of that to do it, well, you already have God's spirit inside of you as a believer. You know, so we do it through his spirit. You know, that's what leads us and and helps us not to be led by our flesh. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you you do want to be intentional, as you said, uh, always to get in the word of God and learn what he has to say about your life and how you are to please him and obey him and hide that word in your heart. And yes, it's good to have a set time. I think probably most people prefer early in the mornings to have devotionals, but you get in there whenever you can. And sometimes it's all day. And and I think Praying without ceasing is not necessarily always when you go to your closet and and pray. It's like you said, you know, when you're in the midst of something and you utter up, you know, Lord, help me. That's that's praying, you know. So I just think it's extremely needed in any type of battle or anything. You've got to know God's word to fight back. And actually, you know, he does the fighting and we already have the victory. I mean, we know the answer already. So thank God for that. (laughs) Thank God for that assurance. It is so important. And what I hear you saying is that the preparation comes Mm pre-struggle, pre-obstacle, so that when you are faced with it, you know how to stand firm because otherwise you're empty. It's like a a car with no gas. You're empty. And so you have to feed yourself prior to going through so that you know how to fight. Yeah, you don't know how to fight. Yeah, wait until something happens and then you're trying to, you know, get in God's word at that time and figure out, oh, what do I do here? You know, no, it's best if you've already been in that word and, and you've learned it and you've hidden it in your heart. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I just think it's so amazing that when you are going through something and you have that word hidden on your heart, God will 
be faithful to bring things to your remembrance that apply specifically to your situation. It's almost like it's tailor-made for you and you're reminded of his faithfulness. You're reminded of his love towards you. You're reminded of how he brought you through before. And that's just God's love. That's just God's love. I was thinking when I was coming up with this podcast, I was thinking about the rapid response portion that we're going to get into in a little bit. And I was thinking about what God means to me. Mm-hmm. And the only the only thing I could keep thinking of was God is good. Yes. Like that's yeah. the only phrase that kept kept coming into my mind. And yes. I think that's just, it's just such a good picture yes. of yes. who he is. It's yes. such a good picture of who he is. Yes. He so is like, good. <laughs> he is so, so good. He's a good, good father. I love Amen. that song by Chris Tomlin. Amen. That's uh, what I was just thinking about. <laughs> but I'm not going to sing, of course. No. Oh, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> They'll shut the podcast off if I start doing that. <laughs> so I'm not going to do it either. So I want to transition really quickly. We are going to go into the rapid response portion of the podcast. This is a time where I ask you a few questions and you respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> as ready as you're going to be, right? Yes. Okay. So the first question is, what is your favorite word that comes to mind when you think about God? Love. Mm. That's it. Yes. I mean, he sent his son to die for me while I was yet a sinner. (laughs) So he loves me unconditionally. And when you're suffering, that's another thing you have to remind yourself of is that God loves you. And there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Not death, not life, not angels, not rulers, not things present, not things to come, not powers nor anything else in all creation can separate you from the love of God. That's what he says. And I believe it. I believe it too. I believe it too. The next question is, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? I would say to love one another just simply because You know, that's what God tells us is the greatest commandment, you know, to love him with all our heart, mind and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. So I would tell everyone we need to focus on loving one another, which is seeking what's best for one another. We live in an I world, iPad, iPhone, I, I, (laughs) me, I, you know, it needs to be more of loving others. And that's what I would tell the world. Okay, wonderful. What is one book or resource you have found most helpful during your journey? <laughs> you probably can answer this for me. Other than the Bible. So I have to oh. preface it and say other than the Bible. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I did not read anything else other than my, well, I can say my community Bible study. We study a book of the Bible each year. And so I think that I think I can't remember. I know this year we're studying Romans. We were studying Matthew. We were studying the book of Matthew. So that's mainly what I read while I was in the hospital a lot or at home because they actually allowed me to FaceTime. This beautiful technology is such a <laughs> blessing because I, you know, I was isolated when I was right. battling the leukemia. I could not go outside my home initially. So they would let me FaceTime or just listen in and also answer questions if I felt up to it. So that's that's pretty much what I um I read the Bible and then my commentary, community Bible study commentary. And it basically was just studying particular books. 
Okay. Now, is there any other resource? I know there are a lot of community groups. There's all kinds of things, especially for women who are facing breast cancer. Was there anything else that you found to be really beneficial or helpful? Yes, two things. My church has a group called the Reconstruction of a Survivor, and they're mainly breast cancer survivors that meet once a month. So it's a group of ladies, and we talked about all of the different issues and concern that surround breast cancer diagnosis and also survivorship and those sorts of things. The other thing was my oncologist actually connected me with a lady who had also been diagnosed with leukemia, but she was six months older than me. And we exchanged phone numbers. And so she's also a believer. And so we were equally yoked in that way. And we could share in many different ways what we were dealing with. But since she was older than me, I could get a glimpse of what to be prepared for at times. And she knew from a patient point of view. Well, this is how you may feel, or this is, you know, and so she already knew the feelings of wanting to give up. So I remember her, she gave me lots of gifts. And so she would, she gave me this bracelet that said, never give up. And so I put it on my arm and so I would look at it oftentimes and think, okay, she's telling me you're going to feel like giving up, but never give up, you know? And, and I'll just remember our conversations and how she would encourage me in the word of God and so those two things, basically. Connection. I hope I answered the questions. I start talking and <laughs> wondering if I'm still talking about oh, what we're what you've asked. So you absolutely answered it, and I and I hear from that how important connection is. Yeah, it for is. us to be connected to other people that we can link arms with and go through life together. Yes. So my next question is my favorite one of the bunch, and it is: You are a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? I would be purple. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't know. Purple represents royalty, I believe. I'm not sure. But I just feel like being a part of God's kingdom, an ambassador for Jesus Christ, that I have value. Because when you're struggling and uh, suffering through treatments and different things, you don't feel so special. You don't always look you know, as special as you would like, you're hurting and there's pain. And so I had to continue to remind myself or start reminding myself that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, that God loves me and I'm valued and I'm important. And so even though I may feel a certain way, what I know is what I'm going to act on and believe. So I think purple. (laughs) Purple's good. I'll take purple. (laughs) I will take purple. So we're almost out of time. But before we go, is there anything else we haven't covered that you'd like our audience to know? I think we may have covered most of it. I did want to share. I do want to possibly somehow begin making it more of an awareness within the African-American community, the need for donors. Okay. So I feel like the Lord has taken me through this journey for that may be one of the reasons is to reach out somehow and make it more of an awareness within our African-American community, the need for, for donors, and then use my testimony as a witness to others of how 
it helps people and how it saves lives. And of course, infusing in that, you know, the foundation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, as ultimately he's our healer. That's what heals us. (laughs) God does. So I think that's something that's I'm thinking on right now. And so I just hope that I can continue to hopefully make that, uh, you know, come to life. So where can people go to learn more information about that? Well, of course, your your internet, you know, you can Google the information on bone marrow transplants and being donors, bone marrow donors for patients. I would say that would be the first place to go. And uh, there are cancer organizations. There's CanCare and other help organizations that help patients with cancer that may have information on that as well. So I, I would say that would be a start. Okay. Thank you for sharing your heart with us today, Miss Felicia. I was so blessed by what you shared. I'm sure our listeners are going to be blessed as well. We so appreciate you. We welcome you into the She Beats It squad. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you for having me. And you are such a sweet blessing. And you are (laughs) going to beat this. The Lord has already ordained it. I'm praying. Amen to that. (laughs) Amen to that. I've received that fully. So ladies, we have come to another end of an episode. Make sure to leave a review and check us out online at SheBeatsIt.com for additional information and resources. That is it for the She Beats It podcast. I'm Brittany King. Until next time, ladies, trust God to help you beat the odds.